Let's pray. Father God, we come to you in the precious, holy, and righteous name of Jesus. Lord, we love you. We love you, Lord God, and we want our lives to be pleasing in your sight. And Lord God, we just ask you now to open up our hearts and our minds so this, as you give the word through your servant, that the word will touch our hearts and our minds and will make a difference in our lives. In faith, Lord God, I sit down. Holy Spirit, I thank you so much for coming in and taking over. In the wonderful name of Jesus, my soul says, amen. I ask you to turn back in your Bible to uh, Luke, the third chapter. We already read this in its entirety, so we're only going to read a portion of it. Luke, the third chapter. Amen. Luke, the third chapter. All righty. We thank God. We thank God for his word. We thank God for his word. There's power in the word. Luke, the third chapter, we're going to look at verse 8, then we're going to jump down to verse 10. You have it speak to me, Lord, Luke, the third chapter, verse 8, and then we'll jump to verse 10. You have it? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. Verse 10. What should we do then? The crowd asked. John answered, anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none. And anyone who has food should do the same. Even tax collectors came to be baptized. Teacher, they asked, what should we do? Don't collect any more than you are required to, he told them. Then some soldiers asked him, what should we do? He replied, don't exhort money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. Amen. Amen. As our scripture text opens, John the Baptist is doing the ministry that God has assigned him to do. As our scripture text open, John the Baptist has gone out as God's messenger. And you remember from last week that God was talking about during the Advent season that he wanted us to be messengers, to go out and do what God has called us to do. Well, we see John, he, he's not hesitant in following what God has told him to do because he knows that God has sent him out to prepare the people to receive Jesus as the Messiah when he comes on the scene. Now, because of John's message, many people have gone out to the riverside. I love that. Gone out to riverside to hear John preach. And as you know, it's a tradition today. It was the same tradition then that when someone dedicated their life to God, they would be baptized. 
because baptism is a symbol of washing away the sins from our life, right? So these people, when they heard John's message, they were all came out to be baptized. But I want you to notice a very profound statement that John made in verse eight. He says, before I can baptize you, I want you to produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Now, if you have a, a little bit of a spiritual mind, you, you should understand what John is saying here. John is saying some of you are coming here to be baptized because you think that's going to cause you to escape the wrath of God. But you really haven't had a change on the inside. So what John is saying to them is he's saying to them, what you have to do is you have to show in your life that you have really repented of your sins and give your life, given your life to Christ before you can be baptized. And putting it in today's vernacular, he's saying you got to walk your talk. You got, before I baptize you and I declare you as now being a child of God and all your sins being washed away, you got to walk your talk. You, you can't say one thing out of your mouth and be living a total different way. So the people said to him, okay, we understand that. You'd say we got to produce fruit in our life that shows that we have truly repented. That's what it said in verse 8, right? So they said, what, what, what is it that we should do? What is it that we should do that will verify the fact that we have really repented of our sin? Verse 11, Paul tells, I mean, John tells them, he said, the man who has two tunics, and a tunic is a coat, the one who has two tunics must share with him who has none. And the one that has food must share with those who have none. So then the tax collector comes up in verse 13 and said, well, what should we do? And he says, don't collect any more than you're required to or don't be stealing from the people. Because the tax collectors had a reputation of if your taxes was $15, they would tell you it was $20 and they would put five in their pocket. So he says, if you have really repented of your sins, you can't go around collecting more than you're required to. And the soldiers came and the soldiers said, well, what should we do? And they, he said, don't exhort money or don't threaten people's lives to get money from them and don't accuse people falsely. And then he goes on to say, be content with your pay. Now, in order to try and draw you in, I'm going to ask you a question. How would you sum up? How would you sum up what John is telling them that it needs to be seen in their life to show that they have truly repented and given their life to God. How would you sum up what Jesus, what John just said to them? 
Anybody? How would you sum it up? Be honest. Be honest. True. Very good. Somebody else? Be a giver. Be a giver. Okay. Very good. Somebody. How would you sum up what John just said? Somebody else? Be be obedient to the Lord and be obedient to the word. Those are all good. Let me give you the three that I came to my mind. The first one was from what John just told him that you got to do. He was saying, treat people in the same way you want to be treated. Treat other people in the same way. If you are truly repentant of your sin then you got to be treating people in the same way you want to be treated. The next one that God's told me was that you cannot have a spirit of selfishness and greed if you have truly been born again. If you've truly repented of your sin, you cannot have a spirit of selfishness and you cannot have a spirit of greed. And the third one that God gave me was that you have to have a spirit of love and compassion towards other people. Now, I need y'all to get those in your mind. You can write them down if you want, because God's going to take you somewhere that's going to blow your mind. But with these thoughts in mind, during the Advent season, that God says what he wants you to do, blessing, he wants you to treat other people in the same way that you want to be treated. During this Advent season, as we prepare for Christmas, God said, you cannot have a spirit of selfishness and greed during the Christmas holidays where it's all about you and that's all that it's about. God said during the Christmas holidays or the season of Advent, we should have a spirit of love and compassion toward other people. Now, I need to ask you, and you can answer in your mind, uh, is this being manifested in your life during this uh, Advent season? Is this being, as you prepare for Christmas, as you prepare for celebrating the first coming of our Lord and Savior, can you say that these things are being manifested in your life? Well, if they're not being manifested, then you are preparing for the wrong thing. If these things are not being manifested in your life, then you are not truly preparing to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because Jesus was all about these things. You can't celebrate about Jesus if you're not celebrating what he is all about. You understand? God said, if these things are in your mind, then during this time, you cannot just be thinking about what you're going to get for Christmas or what you want to get for Christmas or what you want to even buy somebody else for Christmas. That cannot be your center thought during the Christmas Advent season. God says he has something for you and he has something that he wants to see manifested in your life. But he also told me to remind you that not only are these things to be manifested during the Advent season, but they're to be manifested all year long. So I told you I was going to take you somewhere that's going to blow your mind. And if it doesn't blow your mind, then there's something wrong with your mind. I ask you to turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6 through 15. 2 Corinthians 
in order to give you a better understanding of what John is saying to these people. John said, you got two coats, give one away to somebody else in need. You got an abundance of food, give some of your food away to somebody else who doesn't have any. He said, don't, don't be stealing from people. Don't be threatening. He, he's telling you all these things that we're supposed to do, right? But God said he wanted me to expand it a little bit better. So he told me to go to 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 15. If you have it, speak to me, Lord. Now, you, I, I think you're going to want to take notes on this because this blew my mind. Look, at, starting with verse 6, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6, 15, 6 to 15. Look at verse 6. Remember this. Now, remember, we're, we're clarifying what John was teaching, right? Remember this. Whosoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whosoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. My brothers and sisters in Christ, this should begin to open up your mind. Paul is telling here, he has asked the church at Corinth, he said, you have another church or neighboring church, okay, that is struggling. You have a neighboring church that's in need. Now, I want you to notice what God says in here. God does not say that he wants to give them, tell them what they should give, but he is telling them, give what I lay on your heart. Give what I, now this is not talking about your tithes and your offering. This is talking about they were taking up a collection for a church that was in need. And God says here, you decide in your heart what you should get. God said, I'm not going to tell you what to give. I'm not going to ask you for a specific amount. Okay. God says, I want you to give what you feel like you are comfortable with doing. He says, God wants you to give because you have a desire to help somebody else. During this Christmas Advent season, during this Christmas season, as you prepare to buy gifts, God says he wants you to think about the fact that you should give because you want to help somebody else that is in need. God says during this Advent season, we're running around trying to get this perfect gift and that God says you got to give during this season because you want to be a blessing. Mm -hmm. Do you see what it says? Mm -hmm. Because you want to be a blessing. It says don't give because you feel like you're being forced to. You know, don't, don't give because the pastor asked everybody in church to give a hundred. Don't do that. God said, don't give because you feel like you're being compelled to give. God said, don't give reluctantly. 
you know, that you're holding it so tight in your hand that you can barely get it. God said, don't give reluctantly. And then he adds something so sweet. He says here, whatever, whoever, when you're thinking about giving, whoever sows sparingly is going to reap sparingly. Whoever sow, God said, if you are one of these people that only want to give a, a little bit, then you got to know you only going to get a little bit back. God says, if you're so tight that you don't want to bless anybody, God said, that's where your blessings are going to be stopped up like you constipated. Mm -hmm. Do you understand? God says here, the reason that he wants you to give abundantly is because God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I don't know what that does for you, but that makes my heart sing. Amen. Because what God is saying is, when he sees one of his children giving because they want to help somebody, when they're doing it because they have a heart that they want to, it's that God is saying, it makes my heart sing. That's why he wants to sing over you. Remember I showed you the scripture? It said, it makes, he said, it puts a smile in my heart. And I don't know about you, and I know I, I, I'm an emotional person, but it makes me I can't tell you what it does me on the inside to think I just put a smile on God's face. Mm. Mm. I just put a, God is not frowning down at me. You know what I mean? He's not frowning. He's smiling at me. And he said, look at my child. She wants to be my instrument to be able to bless somebody else. The Advent season, this is what God wants you to center on. Look at verse 8. Look at verse eight. We're, we're going to be in here. So don't, don't put your Bibles on the side and God, look at this. Now this one, all of them should blow your mind. I told you that they should blow your mind. God is able to bless you abundantly. Now look at this so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Did you see that? Did you, maybe you need to come to Bible study so you can understand what these scriptures are talking about. It says God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, not just in some things, not just something, it says at all times, in all things at all times, having all that you need. God's saying, when I ask you to give, don't think that I'm going to be taken from you. That it's going to be making you come up short. Do you know what I mean? That it's going to cause you to be in lack. It's a, if you think that way, then you don't truly know me. If you think that when, when I ask you to give, that it's going to make you uh, 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 be lacking in any area. God said, look, at, he says, I'm able if I give, I'm going to bless you Amen. to bless you abundantly so that in all things, everything in your home, on your job, in your family, with your finances, with your health. God said in all things at all times, yes, he will. Yes, he will. you'll never have lack. Mm -hmm. 
You'll never have lack. Amen. Do you see? I told you this would blow your mind. Yes, it, does. I, I to, it says that you will abound in every good work. Do you know what that means? That means so that you'll always be ready or able to help somebody else when they're in need. Do you see that? Do you see that? He says so that you will abound in every good work so that the more you give, the more I give to you, then you're able to give more to somebody else. God said, you're not going to come up short. Now this next portion I need you to pull out your phones and get it on the Amplified. If somebody don't have, I have my Amplified Bible under here. So, but you got to read this other portion under the Amplified. Does anybody need to use my Bible? It's under the pew if you don't have a phone that you can pull it up. Because I want you to look at, at 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8. Six, six chapter, no. Second Corinthians, the ninth chapter, I want you to look at verse 8 through 15 in the Amplified. And I'm going to read it out of there. But you got to see it. Do you see it? Do you need it? Tom, do you need my Amplified Bible up here? Okay, I need you to see this out of, uh, um, uh, what's her name? Dawn, get my Amplified Bible and give it to uh, Michael. Okay, this is the Bible that, uh, sort of the Bible like we bought you. Okay, it's right underneath it here. But you got to see this under the Amplified. Okay. All right. Second Corinthians 9. Look at verse 8. Look at, and, and I know I'm going to get a shout. Look at this. And God is what? Able, Able to make all grace. What is all grace? Every favor, Every favor and earthly blessing. Do you see that? Come what in what? In abundant, do you see that? Yes. Thank you. Do you see that? It says God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come in abundance to you. Where you will always ha have abundance to be able to give to somebody else that's in. Do you see that? Yes. Every favor. Amen. Every favor. And earthly bless. What are, where are you lacking? Where are you? God is able in all grace. And all grace here means every favor and earthly blessing. That's why I have no lack. Mm -hmm. That's why God always uses me to be able to bless somebody else. Amen. Do you understand? Because I believe what this says. Amen. I believe that God is not only able to do this for me, but that God is willing to do this for me. But you notice people walk around talking about living in God's favor. This verse is living in God's favor. This verse is living in God's favor. But you notice that there's a stipulation for living in God's favor. The stipulation in living in God's favor is to have a giving heart. Do you see that? So if you stuck up somewhere in your finances and your blessings, then you have not been giving enough. You have not been blessing other people. Amen? Amen. Okay, look at the next part of this. Look at this. This, this part, I just... So that you always look at this under what? 
Under all circumstances, what else? Regardless of the need. Do you, these are promises. How the sermons that we just went through were praying and knowing how to pray. And I told you to go in the word and get promises, okay, that you can apply. If you're having financial things and you need some uh, help with your finance, God tells you, here's a promise you can stand on. Here's a promise, but you're not going to be able to stand on it if you don't know that it's in the word. You know, I I know y'all think that I I beat you up about Bible study and all this other kind. It's not for my benefit. It is not for me. It's for you because I want you to have over and abundantly more than you can ask or think because that's what God promised. Isn't that what he said? He says, I'll give you over and above more than you can even ask or think. It's a promise. Okay, it says, look at this. I love this. So that you always, under all circumstances, regardless of the need, have complete sufficiency in everything. What does it mean? What does Amplify say it means? To have complete efficiency in everything? What does this mean? Come on, y'all. Say it again. Being completely self-sufficient. See, your problem is... You want to be self-sufficient on your own. <clears throat> you want to be self-sufficient on your own. You want, I don't need nobody. I got myself. I can do this. I got my money. I got this. God said, so you have all sufficiency in him. Do you know what that means? That means that you know and you rely on the fact that everything you have comes from almighty God. Amen. You'll have all sufficient that no matter what you give to somebody else, there'll always be more than enough left over for you to take care of your family and your needs. That's the mindset you got to get for Christmas. You can't be thinking about all the time. What am I going to get? What am I going to get? This is what I want. What about somebody that doesn't have? Okay. God says, no matter what's going on, no matter what's going on in your life, You'll be self-sufficient in him. Mm -hmm. I told you that that would blow your mind. Mm -hmm. And I hope and pray that it did. Because I hope and pray you get it from your head to your heart. Okay. It says, and have abundance for every good work and every act of charity. Mm -hmm. Or God is saying in the midst of everything, you'll always be able to help somebody else. In the midst of everything you'll always be able to help somebody else. You got it? Okay, there's too much in here not to give it to you. Verse 9. As it is uh, freely, I'm going to read 9 and 10. As it is freely, as it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now look at this. Verse 10. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Do you see that? Okay, now let me break that down to you. When it says you always have a supply of seed, the one who supplies seed and and, and bread, God says, I supply the seed for you 
to plant, to have bread or have food to eat. So I'm the one who initiates it all because all seed comes from God. Amen. Amen. So he says, I'll give you seed or have seed so that you can plant it and have food in your storehouse. But notice what it says. It says, and increase your store of seed, your store of seed, increase your store of seed. What is that? Gregory, what is that? What is that? And increase your store of seed. Look at that. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed. What does that mean? Your store of seed. Come on. Give it to me, Felice. What he's given you, but what, 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 what would you call it? Your, your excess, your bank account. But your bank, he'll increase your supply. It says your store of seed. Well, you know, you store it up. You, you use what you had. You put the excess away. For God says, I'll increase your bank account. I'll increase your bank account. He said, I'm the one who supplies the seed. I'm the one who supplies the, <coughs> supplies the bread. And he says, I will increase. Jovita, he has an increase for you, for your store of seed. And notice what else it says. I, I just, I was so excited when I read this. And will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You know what that means? That means he will help you grow spiritually into the person that he's called you to be. As you give to others, as you give to others, he will help you to grow spirit. That's what it means when it says your harvest of righteousness, your harvest of righteousness, that he will help you to grow spiritually into the person <laughs> he wants you to be. Amen. There's so much in here that y'all better listen to this sermon over and over again. Let's look at verse 11. We're still in the Amplified. We're still in the Amplified. You will be enriched. And the word enriched means wealthy. Wealthy. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Not just for you to store up seed and have this for you and your family, but God said, I'm going to make you wealthy so you can be generous on every occasion. Amen. Whenever a need pops up, that you can be right there to help. And through, look at this, and through your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Brothers and sisters in Christ is saying here that as you bless other people, people are going to pray, be praising and thanking God. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? Isn't that what we want them to do? To be praising and thanking God when you come to them and bless them nine out of ten times. Every time you bless someone, nine, nine out of ten times, they'll say, thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord, you've been so good. You've been whatever. They get praise and worship to God, which is what you want. Amen. Isn't that what you want from your life? Amen. For your life to cause someone else to see the goodness of the Lord. Amen. Isn't that what you want in your life? For your life to cause somebody else to offer up praise and thanksgiving to God. 
These are God's promises. These are, I, you've probably read them. I don't, I don't know how many times you've probably read this. But you got to break it down. You got to allow the spirit of God to reveal to you what it means. Verse 12, we're almost finished. This service that you supply, now look at this. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people. Look at this. But it is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. So it's saying it's not only supplying the need of the people, but it's also uh, supplying expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourself, Mm -hmm. you have shown that your walk is matching up with your talk. You have proved yourself. Others will do what? Praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. When somebody sees you, do they praise God for your obedience? that they can see in you your obedience to the gospel of Christ. Your generosity will reflect your saving faith in God. Your generosity will reflect your saving faith in God. And it says, for your generosity and sharing with with them and with anyone else. And then this last verse 14. And in their prayers, in their prayers for you, they see what happens when you bless someone else. They're going to pray for you. They're going to pray. And I want as many people as possible praying for me. I'm not one of these people that if Satan tries to attack my body, that I'm not going to tell you about it because I want to be all private. I'm one of these people. I'm going to tell you about it so you can pray for me. Okay, so I can get as many prayers that's going up as possible. It says, in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. If you noticed in the bulletin, the title of the sermon was the indescribable gift. What is the indescribable gift? The grace that God has given to you. Amen. You probably thought when you saw it that it was about the birth of our Lord, which of course it is. I mean, you know, that's indescribable. But right here, God is saying that his indescribable gift that you can't even fathom in your mind is how he showers you over and over and over again with his grace. And we all know that grace means God's undeserved favor. That's the indescribable gift that God wants to give you during this Advent season. That's the indescribable gift that God wants to give you so that you can be a blessing to somebody else. That's the grace that God has given to you so that you can live a life being used by God to bless other people. That's the grace that God has given to you so that you under truly understand what the Christmas season is all about. That is the grace that God has given to you so that you will receive 
his blessings on the during the Christmas season by being a blessing to somebody else. Amen. So now I give you the challenge that God gave me to give to you. God said he is challenging you during this holiday season, during this Christmas season, to remember what John said. The man who has two coats, mm -hmm. let it give to one someone who has none. The one who has food, let them share with somebody who has none. God says to challenge you. Everybody under the sound of my voice through Facebook, through uh, my whatever this thing is, my yeah, those of you that are here, that during this Advent season, find someone not in your family to be a blessing to. You don't have to look hard and you don't have to look wide and all of that to find somebody in need. You don't have to search high and you don't have to search low. So during this Advent season, I'm asking you, God is asking you, to reach out to somebody that's in need. And he's not talking about us as a church family. He's talking about you as an individual. Reaching out to someone doing this. And have that unnamed gift under the tree. You know how we used to do no-name gift under the tree or whatever. What, however God puts it in your heart. But to be a blessing to somebody else during this Christmas season. And you see that if you are, are obedient, I, I tell you what God gives me. I, I don't ever tell you anything that God has not given me to tell you. You may not like everything I have to say, but you have to know that it's not coming from me. Mm -hmm. Okay, because I'd rather take the easy way out. I don't want to have confrontations. I don't want to have people uh, being huffy around me. I don't want people being whatever, whatever. So I could just keep quiet. Mm -hmm. You know, I could just keep quiet, but I can't keep quiet when God has told me to do something. Amen. Amen. So I share this with you. I challenge you to reach out during this Christmas season to that one who has no coat. Take one of your coats and give them to her. To that one has no shoes to take a pair of your shoes and give it to her. Or even buy them a brand new pair. Amen? Amen? Let us pray. Father God, we come to you in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, we love you. Love you Lord. Lord, we know that everybody always talks about during the Christmas season that there's such a spirit of giving. You know, this is a Christmas season. It's the spirit of giving. And Lord God, those is, that has got to be more than just words. And that's got to be more than just for our families that that's got to be where we reach out to a hurting world, to a hurting world, Lord God, that needs someone to show them the love of Christ. Because if we don't show them the love of Christ, some people will never see it. Amen. We thank you, Lord. We bless you. you we exalt you. In the wonderful name of Jesus, my soul says, amen. 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 I ask you to all heads to be bowed and all eyes to be 